Today's daf Meseches Nazir is daf Samach Beis, 62. We're starting the second line on the page, um, the second line of Samach Beis and Aleph. We're going to have three parts in today's sugya. Let's get started with the first part. So the first discussion the Gemara wants to understand is that based on the fact that Eruchin is called Nedarim, because it says Ishkiyafli Neder Be'erkecha. So meaning it calls, it classifies Erechen as Nedarim. And we know that Goyim are included in the ability to pledge Nedarim and Nedavos from the Parsha of Nedarim. So therefore it would be logical they're also included somewhat in the Parsha of Erechen. Since they're excluded from being able to be Ma'arich, pledge Erechen, it's logical then based on their Erechen's classification as Nedarim that they would be Ne'erachen, their values could be pledged. If so, why do I need ish, like we said before, to be marbe that they could be ne'erachin? So the Gemara rather understands it must be the word ish kiyafli. By erachin, those words teach us a different idea. We're going to say the same thing by Nazir in a minute. So the Gemara goes through a series of options, what it could teach us according to different manda amram. Either it teaches us mufla samach le'ish, that a boy who's 12 years old with mental acuity can make uh, erachin, or it teaches mufla samach le'ish even of a goy, he also has the ability to make um, erechen. It could be that's also an option. Um, or it could teach us that an adult guy, we need to determine if he has the mental acuity to make nedarim in general for his nedarim to be binding. Unlike a regular Jew, above the age of 13 does not require that analysis. By Naziris, it also uses these words, ishkiyafli. So there, the Gemara tells us that it teaches us potentially two things, uh, three things. Either that yadayim she'en and mochichos are not yadayim, or it teaches us that if it's not clear at the time of the Kabbalah that he's going to be a Nazir, which is the case of Rabbi Tarfon, it wouldn't be effective. And finally, it could be it teaches us the concept of Hataras Nedarim by mentioning twice this concept of Ishkiyafli by Erechen and by Nazirus, that just as you need to be Mafli, you need to clarify for the Nazirus to be effective, you also need to clarify uh, for Hataras Nedarim, i.e. there is a concept in the Psukim of Hataras Nedarim. Moving on to Samach Bezim Bezim, the second point. The Mishnah tells us, in contrast to the last Mishnah, where there was a Maila of the Eved over the Isha, in terms of these Nazira, so now the Gemara, the Mishnah tells us, what is the Chumrah of the Isha over the Eved? And it says, what is that Chumrah? Is that a husband can nullify entirely the Naziris of his wife, he cannot nullify the Naziris of his slave. And the Mishnah explains, is that when he nullifies <coughs> the Naziris of his wife, it's entirely removed. By a slave, it's only temporarily, but if you would be uh, freed, for example, if you go free, it would be reinstated. So it's an override more than a removal. The Gemara t- tells us, well, what is, the, the Brisa clarifies there's a distinction between Naziros and Nadarim, that he can, seemingly he can override the Naziros of his slave, but not the Nadarim of his slave, or Erechen, or Sishfuz as well. The Gemara goes through a series of attempts to show why there would be such a distinction. Finally, Rava explains is that, you have to understand the Brisa means to say is that you need to override the Naziris of your slave. Meaning to say is the Naziris of your slave is binding, and the reason that's given for this is because, as the Rush explains, just as you can make a Naziris against the Torah, you can prohibit yourself from wine, which prohibits yourself from certain mitzvos, you'd also be allowed to make a Naziris that goes against the will of the master, it would be effective. Nonetheless, because it says nafsho, the master has the ability to override it, but it would be effective to the degree that if he'd be freed, 
it would then kick in again. As opposed to Nadarim and Shavuos, we find that the Psukim say it's only Lahara or Lahetiv, but if it's going to cause uh, problems for other people, they're not effective. In this case, causing the master to forfeit if the slave is weakened because of his inability to drink wine, thus they're not effective. And that's what it means you don't even need to be made, you don't need to override because they're not effective in the first place. Okay, final point of the day, the third point the Gemara tells us is that if the slave runs away after his Naziris is overridden, so there's Machlaikis or Meir Nerbiyasi, if the Naziris will then kick in. And the Gemara tries to say maybe it's contingent on the opinion of Shmuel, we find in Maseches Gitin, who says that a slave could be freed without a Shtar Shechor. So that would be the point of debate here. Since there's Yush and the slave has run away, so perhaps the Naziris should now kick in. Or do we say, no, he needs a Shtar Shechor. Gemara refutes that and says, everybody will agree with Shmuel. He'd be freed even without a Shtar Shechor. Here he's expecting the slave to come back. And therefore the only Shaila is, would the master prefer that the slave be prohibited in wine and the Naziris kick in, thus forcing him to come back, essentially? Or would he say, I'd rather him be permitted in wine so he doesn't become weakened during the time that he's away, so when he comes back, he's strengthened, he's still strengthened. We're stopping the bottom of Sankh Beis and the Beis, Beis, Hashem will pick up tomorrow with Daf Samach Gimel.